Tonight, on an all-new Intervention, we go inside the disturbing new addiction that's bringing America to its knees. My name is Doug Fritz, and I am addicted to yelling at celebrities on Twitter. Everyone in my feed was bashing Ellen DeGeneres, so I did it too, and I got 50 likes. I was like, wow, this is cool. Yelling at celebrities on Twitter was a high like nothing I'd ever felt before. It made me feel morally superior on issues I didn't even know anything about. I was getting a huge rush of approval from people I'd never even met, but they must be cool because they agree with me. I started skipping family functions just so I could try and get complete strangers fired from their jobs. And then I hit rock bottom. My boss saw my hate-filled tweets about the people who were spreading hate. And I got fired. Intervention. The yelling at celebrities on Twitter epidemic. I don't want to put down my phone. Nobody likes me in the real world. I believe that together we can make America great again. Oh, and they are yelling at celebrities on Twitter this morning. All caps. All caps. It's an all caps day on this episode of Everybody Calm Down. Chill out. Living the greatest country in the world. You're listening to the best podcast in the world. Mm-hmm. With pound for pound, I would say the best production numbers in the world. Who's putting in this kind of work? Nobody. You know, you get a lot of good customer service when you come to Everybody Calm Down. Good morning, everybody. Jimmy Fallon in the house. I am, uh, I'm the host of this uh, radio house of ill repute. Uh, also the head writer for the Kennedy Program, which you can watch on Fox Business Monday through Thursday at 9 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. In addition to being the head writer and the best-dressed panelist on that show... Mm. Uh, I also got a phenomenal compliment last night that meant a lot to me. Sean Barry, producer Sean Barry, welcome. Good to see you. Thank you. Good to be here. Um, Kennedy and I, as was discussed on this show on episode one, have a very famous no compliment policy where we're both kind of abusive stage dads to each other. We always pick on each other. Mm-hmm. So it take, takes a lot for us to give a compliment. And if we do, it's always kind of backhanded. There's always something snide. But last night she had to concede on set uh, that I am, and I agree with this, the best hype man in the history of cable news. Mm. Because you know the way the Kennedy show works, you've been to a taping, but most people haven't, um, is I'm always walking around with a boombox, like playing music and, mm. and like fluffing the panel and getting everybody in the in the mood to talk and party and have a good time because it's a very loose show. Mm-hmm. And last night she said, I am like at an NBA game, you know when there's a timeout and a wolf comes out and dunks on a trampoline, <laughs> does like three flips in the air and dunks the ball. Yeah. That's kind of that's who I am in cable news. Doing a backspin. I'm the wolf bouncing off the trampoline. Yeah. You got I can't make the team, but I can come out in a costume and play <laughs> basketball for like 30 seconds. Everybody loves me, you know. Basketball kind of apropos today because we're still talking about LeBron James. Uh we're going to be joined shortly uh to get the Hollywood take on this mm. from one Dean Imperial, who is a star writer for Netflix, a co-star of Uma Thurman's and uh, a guy who is, well, all too familiar with Hollywood's version of kowtowing to the Chinese totalitarian government. Because Hollywood has made a lot of concessions through the years to not piss off China. Because they want to, as South Park said, I believe they want to suck in that sweet teat or whatever the hell they said. So uh, we, will, we will do some sucking. Well, they still uh, allow Jackie Chan to make films. So. Yeah, he's still, he's still making moves. Uh, and we're still dunking on trampolines mm-hmm. uh, over here on Everybody Calm Down. Where I am, for all intents and purposes, America's life coach. This is what it's come to. We had to start a podcast so we could Dr. Phil all of you cash me outside consumers mm. who are losing your minds on social media. So we begin today uh, the same way we do every day by reminding you that this is a safe space where you can just feel whatever way you want to feel about politics. And we're not going to chase you out of a restaurant or shame you or cancel you. Uh, be a Republican. Be a Democrat. Just don't be an a-hole. The best thing you could be, Sean Barry, is what? Michter's guy. Be a Michter's guy. Damn it. There you go. Or gal. Be a Michter's guy or gal. Circle gets the square. Let's go to Jim J. Bullock for the block. Good one, Sean Barry. Be a Michter's guy. The people who sponsor this podcast at the Michter's Distillery in Louisville, Kentucky, are great human beings. So great, in fact, that they are sponsoring the biggest podcast in the country with probably the most talented podcast host in this room, mm-hmm. I would say. I mean, I might be a notch ahead of you. I don't know. Uh, but 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 in this room anyway, I like to think I'm ranked number one in the polls. Um, that being said, I have known these people quite extensively for quite some time. We talk politics all the time. If when we go out to lunch, like we'll get into the news, they'll ask me about the Kennedy show. Mm-hmm. I have no idea what their political affiliations are. It dawned on me like two weeks ago when I was talking to you about this. I'm like, you know, I don't even know. I mean, because I, I don't care, and right. they don't care. Right. So apparently, neither do they. Yeah, neither do they because because your politics are not supposed to define you. 
Right. Okay. You're supposed to be out there living your best life, having a great time. Everybody's worried about, you know, their Facebook posts. Everybody's worried about their Twitter posts, their Instagram posts. But it's the posts you make in life that matter. Ooh. I really do mean that, too. I don't mean to get all hood poet on you. That was deep, Jimmy. Because everybody's worried about, uh, you know, does, does, does my fo- my cat photo get likes? <laughs> does my wife's birthday greeting get likes, you know? But you got to worry about liking your own posts. And I don't mean what you put on Facebook. I mean what you do each day. Right. Did you make a good sandwich? <laughs> Did you download the right dirty movie? I don't Whatever. Pat yourself on the back constantly for the good choices you make that allow you to enjoy your unique American privilege. That's the point of this show. Mm-hmm. We talked about it yesterday with Robbie Suave. We'll talk about it with Dean Imperial today. We will talk about it tomorrow with Michael Starr Hopkins, Democratic strategist, Ooh. works on John Delaney's campaign. So apparently, uh, apparently he couldn't book a ticket on the Titanic. So he was like, I'll just go with Delaney. <laughs> I'll just get on this sinking ship over here and everything will be fine. But the point is, we, we, we are all been blessed with this unique American privilege where we live in this phenomenal place that we all take for granted because we're too busy fighting over who's in charge of it. But my reality, Sean Barry, on the show every day is that it doesn't really matter who the president is in the overall scheme of things. You might not like them. You might not like the way they go about doing things. Mm -hmm. But you're blessed with the opportunity to live in a country where who the president is doesn't affect your quality of life because you can get out of bed every day and work as hard as you want. I'm not saying you have to be a psycho like Jimmy Fallon who's committing a quiet suicide Mm -hmm. by holding down like three writing jobs, a podcast. I'm now working for the NFL and the New York Post. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't have to be that crazy, uh, you know. No. Um, you can love your wife and want to be home with her. <laughs> you can do that, too. <laughs> you can do that, too. But the point is, one way or the other, you have the ability, the unique ability in this country to define your own happiness every day. I was telling Lincoln this this morning on the way to school. Because um, he, he got it. He's like, yeah, I got 30 pounds of crap in my bag. <laughs> and I ushered a dad line. Okay. And I go, well, you've got 50 pounds of crap in your attitude. Whoa. And I had to give him like a talk about how <laughs> your attitude defines your experience, Lincoln Fela. <laughs> Can I just interrupt real quick? Yeah. I had a dad line last night. And I wanted what to was it? it? That'll do, guys. That'll do. <laughs> <laughs> You know when words fly out of your mouth and you actually see your hair get grayer oh and your God. age just push forward into the future? It was such a line I had to remember that I wanted to share it with you. I had a That'll talk. Do. I realized it because I was driving him to school. I was the guy in the car giving the talk to the kid, which I'm sure I've done before, but it never registered. I gave the talk. I gave a talk today. Mm-hmm. I gave it. To, I've only done this twice because Lincoln once said to me like two years ago when I was driving him to elementary school, he goes, Dad, when I grow up, I want to be just like you. And I slammed on the brakes, and I was like, listen, you stupid fuck. <laughs> I'm like, are you out of your mind? <laughs> Do you know what's going on in here right now? But the point is, you, you, can, you can define your own happiness. You can, you can have a great life. And I think part of the reason we all hate each other, I know we have to go to break. They're in my ear. We've got a great guest coming on. But I think part of the reason we hate each other so much, Sean Barry, uh, over political differences is because disagreement is so inconvenient to the life we've come to know. Meaning everything on your phone agrees with you. If you don't like what's in your Twitter feed, you unfollow them. You unfriend them like you're five. Get off my property like you're you're five, you know? If you don't like the app, gone for good. Like a gay French king, just off with his head. You know, you don't care. You don't want to see it. Um, I believe that's a Seinfeld line too, by the way. I, I'm not capable of a thought that brilliant. It just, it harkened back to me because I was thinking about Dean. But I think he says that. He's like, yeah, we're all scrolling through our phones like a gay French king. <laughs> just get rid of it, get rid of it, get rid of it. Which is true. That's what mm-hmm. we're doing. Uh, and we're so used to the, the immediacy of life now. You can buy something in your phone, have it immediately. You get something on Amazon and have it here in an hour. You know, anything you want. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think because of that, when the, you're faced with the idea of a human standing in front of you saying, well, have you ever thought about it this way? It's so much easier to hate them and get rid of them right. than it is to wait them out. But we'll wait them out on this show. I'm going to hear you. Yeah, because we have nowhere to go. Oh. <laughs> they don't really want me to show up to work today. <laughs> it's so embarrassing when I call in sick and I can actually hear the conga line starting in the Kennedy <laughs> offices. I'm like, all right, can you at least put down the phone? Uh, 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 ah, Dean Imperial picks up the phone when we come back. Everybody calm down. It's Kaylee. 
Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Oh, girl, a sexy intro, if ever there was one. And if any guest deserves a sexy intro. Yeah. It's it's the the guy we pay in Twinkies and whiskey to do the show. I mean, what is sexier than that? You know how there's WeWork? Dean and I work for a We Eat. It's not a WeWork. We work at a We Eat. Uh, Joining me now on the Mictor's Voice Line, a fan favorite on this program. Uh, a fan favorite on Netflix for his star work on the show Imposters. It's one of my favorites. Uh, the lovely and talented Dean Imperial. Good to see you, my friend. Thank you. Good to be here. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, girl. Good morning, girl. Hey, girl. How are you? What's, what's up, girl? I'm what's, good, girl. What's going on? Um, Fired up. I, I ran 20 miles this morning. What? No. Oh, nah, nah. Stop. I'm good. Oh. Fine. No, no, no. <laughs> 20 miles. <laughs> Not a chance. You couldn't, a even, chance. you couldn't even go with it for a minute? And no, like, no, I couldn't even. I, no, yeah, absolutely. I couldn't even. Because... <laughs> The idea there are people who run twenty miles a day. I was shocked. Uh, There's people who run twenty. I'm like, how do you? What's like? What are you made of? What? Well, what are you running from at that point? That's exactly it. What are you running from? You know what else I would like like to throw in there while you're talking about running? Yeah. If you're gonna run a half marathon. You should only be entitled yeah. to half the posting about it. These I, half I, marathon people <laughs> don't ever shut the fuck up. Know, I'm like, I do know. you know if you spent less time typing, you could probably run a whole marathon. Yeah, I know. But I see that a lot of my friends do it. I think it's wonderful. I always give them a like and the congratulations. But in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, where do you have the time to do this? Oh, man, I know. <laughs> that, well, that's the thing. And to post, and it's like, three days till my 5K. I'm like, yeah. man, I'm like, shut up. Who cares? <laughs> I'm so sick of these overachievers. Right. We're all everybody, as the great Tom Papa says, you know, he's like, are you crushing it on the gram? Yeah, like, yeah. You're not crushing it on the gram. We're all tired. And we are. Right. I don't care about your marathon. I, ro- I care. Go ahead, Sean. I rode my bike around the neighborhood with the kids in tow for like uh, like 48 minutes. I only went like five miles. Yeah, you don't go far, right? <laughs> no. You go a, you know, get a few feet. You yeah. stop. You got to yell at your kids. Yeah, yeah take out your marital issues on them for, mm-hmm. you know, for no reason. It's great. Yeah. I, I've seen Sean's family bike rides. <laughs> it sounds like in every one of Sean's bike rides, it sounds like an NFL ref just blew a call and you're standing on the <laughs> sideline. <laughs> you're standing on the sideline of the aggrieved coach. Yeah. Are you kidding? Jameson, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. Are you kidding me with that turn? I'm like, Sean, just pull over. Let's shoot hoops in the Fela's house. It'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to talk to you this morning talking about refereeing, by the way. Look at that segue. By Jimmy Fallon. I always like to have you on after there's big political events because you're like, I mean, you are like me in that we don't really care. No. You know, I mean, I don't care. I can I can agree with both parties on certain things. But if you like if you want to slide a check under the door. Yeah, I'll do whatever, you know, so Republican, you know, I'll hold a tiki torch outside the Charlottesville, you know, Home Mm -hmm. Depot. This is, yeah. At the same time, you throw another check under the door. I'll be so liberal. I would knock up Jenny just to have the abortion. You know what I mean? Totally. I don't, everybody has a price. Seven million dollars. We're whoever you, we're who yet, whoever you need me to be, guys. Yeah, you know who's who <laughs> do you need me to be? Who's the character in the Coen Brothers film Blood Simple? Who says, oh. you know, if the money's right, I'll do it. Oh, if the, the detective, the great yeah. M. Emmett Walsh. M. Emmett Walsh. Right. He goes, if it's legal and the money's right, I'll do it. They go, well, it's definitely not legal. And he goes, well, if the money's right, I'll do it. <laughs> yeah, that's who we are. Yeah, if how, the money's right, we'll yeah. do it. How are we not political operatives? We know so many political operatives. Like, we care, and they don't care either. We care the least, and, and maybe we're yeah. in the wrong business. Um, but we had a little bit of a debate last night. It does look to me, my friend, like uh, they have anointed Elizabeth Warren the front runner, and that she was getting the most heat. Um, yeah. and, and I'm I'm obviously not just talking about the smoke signals. I'm talking about, you know, her performance itself. They were going, they were, I know, they were going after her uh, quite extensively. Uh, they also yeah. brought up, which which made me think she was the front runner, is they didn't real they didn't go after her for her heritage and the false pregnancy firing, but they did bring up the 
Jimmy Carter comments about someone being yeah. too old to be the president, which yeah. it was like those two things. Cause I didn't watch the whole debate cause we were, you know, doing a show and all of that. But right. those, those two things made me think we've officially hit that junction in the road where they know who they're getting behind as a yeah. party. Did you get yeah. that feeling? Absolutely. I got the same feeling. Yeah. But even though she's 70, I know hmm. that's the thing. It's like, they're all yelling at us about, you know, we've got this old man who's mentally deteriorating in office. And they're trotting out the actual cast of Cocoon to replace him. Uh, right. Biden, Bernie, and her. And, and who even knows if she's 70 because it's not like she's, you know, she's no, not capable of lying. It's Hollywood. It's still Hollywood. Yeah. yeah. And that means that she'll be sworn, if she were to win the presidency, she'll be sworn in at what, 71 and a half? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, well, if you know, I mean, anybody can turn at any point when you're old. It's funny. Old age is, a, is an interesting thing. So it all is how you act, I guess. I mean, mm -hmm. well, she's you know, doing, but I agree. She's doing the age thing in that. She's like a Mick Jagger jazzercizer on the campaign trail. You know, she doesn't yes, do that is. hop around dancing. And, yeah, uh, right, right. She's, she's dancing in the streets right now. Yeah, she's, she's dancing in the streets. In the streets. <laughs> Which, <laughs> Dean and I and a gay friend once had uh, a get together at his house where we were trying to quantify what the gayest MTV music video ever shot was. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. the David Bowie, yeah. uh, Mick, Mick Jagger, Jagger dancing yeah. in the street is the physically the gayest thing ever shot. They're singing yeah. in each other's and, faces. And that's, yeah, oh, and that's not to God. disparage gay people. We're oh. just talking about what looks overtly uh, celebratory. Well, we brought it. We brought it. We brought an expert in. Yeah, we did bring in an expert. His name uh, was also Dean Imperial. Uh, uh, yeah. which is interesting. <laughs> I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm, I'm saying to myself, I'm trying to remember. Uh, this, uh, no, it was, it was one of our, it was know, one of our manic uh, writing sessions where we used to get up at three in the morning and uh, work on screenplays and stuff. But somehow we had splintered into that, and I don't know why. But I, but again, back to Elizabeth Warren doing the Mick Jagger thing. Um, my takeaway. From I watched uh, you know a fair amount of it in real time, and then I watched a lot of it this morning, so we could talk about it on the show later. Um, my my fair takeaway of of the whole thing is that she probably does deserve to win. Where like so to say this, she's got a ton of ideas. She is a little bit more substantive, and she's threading the needle between the insanely far left um, and the people that are kind of in the middle. Of, of moder you know, the moderates, the moderate Democrats, which yeah. they need if they're going to win, because the country isn't as far left or as far right as either party would have you believe. The country is no. really moderate. Um, yeah. So I think by the virtues of her performance, I actually think she does deserve to win, as opposed to what was also on display last night, Beto O'Rourke, who actually got he got kneecapped by Mayor Pete last night. Mayor Pete yelled at him and told him not to lecture him about courage, because you know Beto does all those you know mantras. He admitted last night. As the former guy, the media had gotten behind. You know, the media was pro Beto until they ghosted him. But he admitted last night he doesn't actually have a way to confiscate guns. They asked him, like, well, you said you're yeah. going to confiscate automatic weapons, AR-15s. How are you going to do that? And he's like, oh, I'm just relying on the American people, the goodness of the American people. Uh, to oh, in that case. Hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The only people he should be confiscating guns from at this point is his staff so they don't harm themselves. Um, but beyond that, uh, that's that's not going to fly like that's that's actually not a thing. Um, but no. it was it was funny to watch that deterioration in real time. Uh, and it was almost like a, a passing of the media baton has been complete, you know, because do, yeah. you, do you remember, Dean, after he ran for Senate and lost when they were trying to like Mumford and Sons him to the presidency, like they had thrown Absolutely, him on the cover of yeah. Vanity Fair and they were like, he's like a touring folk band and he's yeah. he's standing on the counter of restaurants giving lectures and like, you got to see this guy. He's the next JFK. And yeah, then the he lost an election. He lost an election. Yes. He was like the participation trophy of politics. And then the media was like, Mayor P came along. And they were like, he's a better Beto. He's almost Gato in that he's Beto, yeah. but he's also gay. He's also a veteran. He's also mm -hmm. smart. He's also substantive. And yeah. uh, they just, they ghosted Beto. Beto got ghosted. And last night, I think, was the official, like, he showed up at that debate basically to get back the sweatshirt he left at his ex's house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I just, I don't even want to see you. I just want to get my sweatshirt. <laughs> I, just, I, I have 37 others at home. I don't want anything to do with you, but I just drove over here to get my sweatshirt. Let, last night was the Beto mercy kill. Yeah, it really was. Right. And and yeah. to have Mayor Pete of all guys. Mayor Pete delivered it. De it was a hit. De it had to be done. And <laughs> that's, you bring in the veteran. You bring in the, the you know, the, the, the military guy. Mm -hmm. Mayor Pete, no remorse, taking out Beto. And um, it was funny to watch because I think it really was a calculated hit because the party hates him because he is floating a lot of ridiculous ideas that yeah. allow Republicans 
to color Democrats in a negative light. Like when you, the Republicans always say like, oh, Democrats want to confiscate your guns. And the Democrats don't actually say that. But then Beto comes out and actually says it. Right. So the Republicans are like, I told you. And yeah. even though he's not speaking for the party, he's speaking for the Betos of the world. And, yeah. Uh, well, they want those. Well, what they want to start doing is they want to start consolidating. Get yeah. his supporters onto somebody else. Get him out of there. Yeah. That's he's not what, going. The, he's not going the distance. Get him out of there. No, they need. They. You're right. You're right about that. They need to get all seven of his supporters onto another ticket <laughs> uh, where they can make a difference. Did you also? Because uh, Bernie was a little bit of a scold last night. Yeah. Uh, where do you think he's at? Do you think he has a shot? Like Bernie and Biden. Give me the old men. Where Where are the old men after last night? I think they're done. You do. I right? don't think I don't. Yeah, no, because there's too much to beat them up on. That's that's what it is. And Hunter Biden's excuse yesterday on Good oh. Morning America was horrible. He's yeah. Like, he's like, yeah, I made money off my dad's name. His dad was like, wait, Dude, what? <laughs> I had never seen Hunter Biden talk anywhere, and I was extremely disturbed by him. Yes, you want, <laughs> I know. You want to know why, too? Because just him talking told you that there's no way he got a job on the merits. Yeah. You know, it reminded me of Sarah Palin. Not not that he was as limited intellectually as she was, but like the minute you saw it, you're like, how did this person wind up in this position? Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say, like, he immediately, my instant gut instinct was that's the guy who you buy cocaine from. If you're in the <laughs> Can we do that's that at our age? Can we do cocaine? <laughs> no, no, I wouldn't. I would. No, no, absolutely not. But, oh. but no, we can't. We've done well, our sleep. Well, I, because, I just, we, we, yeah. because, because if you, you know, like if you experiment with it in your 20s, it's fine. But then at the same time, we're, we're, our bodies can't handle it. Yeah, no, we're not. I, I can tell you, you know, we also can't handle. I think you have like an Adderall prescription or you had one or whatever. Back in the day, he gave me an Adderall, Sean Barry. Mm -hmm. Talk about things your body can't handle. It's not that your body can't handle it, Dean. Like Adderall, in my experience of taking it that one time, it makes me so manic um, that it's like yeah, I was, I, I'd be writing, Dean. And then three minutes in, all of a sudden, I'm singing Love Shack with my dog. Like, literally. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know, man. I barely, I, I, I barely need it. I, I don't know why. I never noticed it. Sometimes I, I wouldn't take it and I wouldn't, uh -huh. didn't, I don't know. I never noticed people, much of the effect. People swear, I know, people swear by it, but with me, I think I have enough like manic energy anyway. That yeah. it was like the my poor dog because my dog is now my writing partner. I write like three hours a day in the morning with him on the couch. Excuse me. Yeah. On the couch. <laughs> that was so that was so funny. I just choked. I, I started to cough and sneeze at the same time. You burped. Oh, God. <laughs> and I burped. That's funny. I, on the street, I almost, I actually almost died standing up on the street the other day with water going down the wrong tube. Oh, that's the worst. With, with saliva or whatever going yeah. down the wrong tube. It was literally just a bat. I tilted my head. It went down the wrong tube, and I coughed for an hour and a half on the street. <laughs> and people want to help you, but they can't. There's nothing they can yeah. do. Yeah. Oh, that's embarrassing. They just, they just make a, a, a wake around him, make sure they don't catch whatever he's coughing. Yeah, they just assume he has some kind of swine flu. Yeah. Yeah, just got back right. from some weird country. Luckily in Manhattan, you just blend in. That's, all, you, that's all you're doing. Uh, I think Bernie, because here's an interesting note too. Obviously, he was trying to demonstrate that he's virile yeah. and, and stamina coming off a heart attack and all of that jazz. Was very vocal last night, but I think because he's at a point where he knows the party would never give him the nomination anyway because he's not their guy. He's too far mm -hmm. to the left, and they don't appreciate him because they think he hurt Hillary in 2016. But I think he's being loud now because he just he's basically trying to get his shots in. Like, you know, if you get jumped in a bar fight, you're not going to win, but yeah. you want to make sure you land a few good right hands on yeah. the way out. You bite a cheek. Uh, can yeah. I tell you what? I, the <laughs> the, the real cheek. reason why I think Bernie's out. Yeah. Let me tell you the real reason why I think Bernie's out. Because last night, AOC endorsed Bernie. <laughs> and it's, there's nothing that she wants more than Trump to win so she can run in yes. four years. She, she has the president. She is so thirsty for that presidency. I know. She is so thirsty for it. And when she came out and supported Bernie, I was like, oh. I was like, yeah, she, she, he just had, he just had a heart attack you and I, the appearance is I'm going to boost him. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. But I think she knows that he's, I mean, I think she knows he wouldn't ever have a chance. It's a safe, it's a safe move. Yeah. Because, it's yeah, a safe move. In a weird way. Well, to your point of her wanting to be president, I, I do agree with that because she has quieted down a lot on Twitter, whereas she was making headlines at like an unsustainable pace. Yeah. Someone who's probably coaching her was like, yo, baby girl. Um, you can't maintain this level of relevance for another six years. So mm -hmm. why don't you dial it back a little bit and focus yeah. on policy? You know, and yeah. it's probably what she's doing a little bit. Is, Get is some things done. Getting yeah. off the throttle a little bit. Building which up is, the portfolio. Yeah. Building up the old portfolio. Because, you know, her yeah. party was mad at her, too. And they're getting ready to primary her in New York. 
you know, so I'm sure she is trying to curry a little bit of favor there, um, which would make sense to me. Um, Kamala Harris, is she dead? Is that over? Uh, I think so. I don't I don't I actually just don't. I mean, maybe this time around. I don't know. I don't want to. You know, uh, uh-huh. somebody could always get better the next time, but I think she's out this time. Well, I don't think she has. You it. want to know what, too, has nothing to do with uh, her gender or her no. problematic record in her own party as a prosecutor, because her own party hates her for that. Well, because, there's, yeah. there's that. Um, is she's 5'2". I don't think America's ready for a 5'2 president right now, because Obama was tall, Clinton was tall. Bush was like 5'8", but coming off 6'3", Trump, no one wants to listen every day to Trump tweeting little Kamala, you know, the Smurf in the uh, White yeah. House. Little people, but, I, but you know what though? She, I have to say something. Like I used to think she was five eight, five uh-huh. seven. It was uh-huh. just my impression. Uh-huh. And when I saw, when I heard she was five two, I mean, she wears dynamic high heels, yeah. at least adding three inches. So oh, she yeah. comes off as five five. And I don't know. She's got. She wears, you know, shoulder pads and has, uh, you know, <laughs> she. I feel like she. The optics nowadays can really. If she, if she were ever to, um, I think they, I think they manage that stuff. That's what I think. You think there's a way I around it? Because I, yeah, I do. Stilts. I think we're heightest as a country. Because I want to say <laughs> yeah. this: women don't want to date a guy shorter than them, which means they probably don't want to vote for a person shorter than them. I think we're heightest. I do think in this well, country. Can I? Can I just yeah. admit? Yeah, I think there's the, the record show. I think the record does show that. Even uh-huh. though I think I mem- think um, mem- there used to be that the tallest candidate always won, but yeah. that's I think Bush uh, was shorter than Gore. Yeah, maybe. Uh, but but and Sean was going to make a point, which I know was brilliant. So go ahead, Sean. <laughs> well, watching the ALCS right now, and Altuve's on the Houston Astros. Yes. And all I can do is focus on how tiny he is. Yes. Yes. And I cannot stop focusing on. Yeah, it. the Astro. Yeah, he's so, a superstar in the Houston Astros, and everyone. Dean, it's not enough that he's killing the Yankees. Right, he really is. Every yeah. hate tweet that gets sent is like, oh, this tiny little shit, yeah. this bastard. Oh, this really? little runs. And he's five six. We are uh, a heightest country. Yeah. We are. I agree. I agree with. I I actually do agree with that. I think there's a lot of uh, a discrimination against people who aren't tall. Yep. Um, or who are short. Actually, specifically, I do think that. Absolutely, I think yep. you're right. So yep. that that that's. You know, but I think that's what you, you for, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Well, but let, I think that's definitely part of it. Well, let's transition to tall people for a minute because the other big story making the rounds this morning is still my man, LeBron James, King James mm-hmm. in the NBA, yes. catching a lot of heat uh, for his pseudo support of the totalitarian government in, in China. Uh, yeah. Trending all over Twitter. Yeah. Um, memes, are, memes are hot. Today. We had the, the memes are running hot. <laughs> we had Robbie Suave on from Reason Magazine yesterday who was reading us LeBron's previous tweets about injustice in the world and how about how we all begin to die when we li- let injustice live and all of that jazz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was yeah. basically just talking about like Trump tweets. But now we're over in China harvesting organs and putting people in internment camps and the king has gotten a little silent. Do you on some level, do you enjoy the fact that um, these woke scolds who tell us how to live our lives I, it's not so much that they get exposed because I knew they were full of crap. So it doesn't I don't revel in knowing that because I knew that all along. But do you at least enjoy the fact that the people being guilted into complying with this nonsense can now have a little breathing room? That are, are guilted into complying that they can have breathing room. Meaning, mean- meaning now people shame, you know, you know, there's a lot of social pressure. Yeah, like, you know, we got to do something about global warming or you're a monster. We got to vote for these people. You're a monster. You know, we've got to stand up to the president. You're a monster. You know, when you see someone like LeBron or Steve Kerr or Greg Popovich, who've been very outspoken about human rights issues in this country, when you see them go quiet uh, because they don't want to lose money in China. In my opinion, takes pressure off a lot of the people who were being shamed into voting or, or, or at least supporting. Oh, least- absolutely. Yes. Yeah, 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 uh, exactly. Yeah. No, I think, listen, I think anytime an opinionated athlete uh, stops talking is good. Yeah, <laughs> it is. I, I have a real hard time and I'm not saying there's not intelligent athletes, uh, you know, uh, but I, I have a real problem with, with guys who went straight from high school into professional basketball <laughs> and that's all they've ever known. Yeah. Making these sweeping comments because he's a very articulate guy but I happen to my gauge on him has always been he's super articulate and confident, but I don't think anything he says is smart. No, well, all. you know, it, this is the thing. He his comment about Daryl Morey uh, was not smart. His actual critique of the Houston Rockets GM. This whole thing started because the Houston Rockets GM tweeted, uh, we stand with the protesters in Hong Kong support democracy. That's how this started. And China was like, oh, hell no. And pulled the Rockets game, shut down the NBA's media tour over there and all that jazz. And um, LeBron said uh, Daryl Morey was ill-informed and was misinformed and should have uh, should have read more before he spoke. 
with no regard for the fact that he himself hadn't read anything. So yeah. I think he is a victim here of the actual media giving cover to the people they like so much that oh, they've yeah. never been forced to know what they're talking about. And That's right. Because no one holds them to it. It's like right now Biden's running for president and his opponents are digging up so many damaging stories on him, which means they've always been out there, but the media never had any interest in covering them because they were in the tank for Obama. You know, like it's, yes. it's very curious that we're hearing Hunter Biden did this in 2014 or 2011 or 2008 or Biden did this in 2006 or super predators and the crime bill he helped implement in 1996. All things that should have been relevant in the McCain election, all things that should have been relevant in the Romney election, but yeah. for some reason the media never had an interest in covering them. And, and what happens is when you start being the parents uh, who tell their kid, your kids that he's better than he is, he goes into the world with a false set of confidence that yeah. can ultimately betray him. And that's what's happened to LeBron James. He's a dopey guy. He yeah. skipped college. I'd venture to say he probably skipped high school because if you're an NBA level talent in seventh grade, Everything in the world gets handed to you. I'm not saying he doesn't work hard. Yeah. He works harder than anybody to be LeBron James, but he doesn't totally. work hard in a classroom. No way. You yeah. Know? And, I, and like as, as, mm -hmm. as relatively a non-sports guy, I would say that he deserves all the money he earns. Absolutely. Demand is there. And I, I would say I'm not one of those people oh, where I'm like, go ahead. I get the I get the, the idea of demand and drawing an audience and uh, giving people entertainment. Uh -huh. However. Mm -hmm. I don't want to hear your opinion. I yeah. really don't. Now, I don't have to listen to it, but sometimes it make, makes yeah. its way in the news and I hear yeah. it and I go, Who's, who yeah. cares what you say? Yes. I, I don't care anything. No, not at all. But not play at basketball. All. And, and, to be, and to be very clear, um, I, I like him. Uh, um, and uh, I don't want people to dislike him, you know, because social media is certainly disliking him because it's fashionable to do right yeah. now. Um, I just, um, I'm hoping this is, to borrow from cliche, a teachable moment where people in his position do learn the value of staying in their lane a little bit. And it's not because I'm trying to minimize his intellectual contributions. It's because I think as a society, we're being set back by this narrative of everybody in Hollywood and everybody in sports getting involved in politics. And the reason I say we're being set back is not that they don't have things to say, not that they're entitled to say them, but once you start politicizing all of our art forms and our escapism, we lose that common culture that used to hold us together as a country. Meaning we yeah. used to always disagree on politics, but we could always turn on football on Saturday and Sunday and forget about it. You know, we could always disagree on politics, but we could always turn on The Tonight Show and just laugh at a lot of the same things. But yeah. now, now we can't do that because no one is just being what, what we want from them. You know, no. And I think that's the value of stay in your lane. It's like we're not trying. Listen, you're allowed to say stuff, but we're also allowed to not care. You know, like an exactly. actors, actors are the best example of that. Actors are yeah. dumb people. The vast majority of them. And I, I know I have a lot of respect for your profession and what you do, but I also know a lot of dumb actors. You know what I'm saying? And uh, I don't care what they say. Well, yeah, I can't. I got to say, I mean, I most I mean, you know, I mean, I understand that. Yeah, but I feel but I feel the same way about political. I mean, I don't feel like the actors I know are dumb at all. Well, but I know but your I friends. Say, I'm not talking about the people you hang out with. I'm talking about when right, I see other, yeah, other people get actors. out there, uh, people, you know, people that are making $35 million a year but are incapable of enjoying themselves. I don't need to know anything about their intellect. If you're making, I feel the same way. Yes. I don't want to hear about. I, I don't want to hear their. I, do, I really don't want to hear their opinion on anything. I mm -hmm. really I really don't. I, mm -hmm. I mean I mean, and I don't. I, you know, I just I choose not to uh, listen to it. But I, I if I were in their shoes, I wouldn't be saying anything just because I feel like who wants to hear from me? I mean, maybe that's just because I look at it how I. You don't have the, the same world. sense of self importance. But the bigger thing is too. Um, you know, it, it's not my my argument is that. Whatever, whatever they think they're contributing by speaking out is no way offsetting the damage being done to this country by us losing that common culture we had. Meaning the Oscars used to be a thing, man. They used to be a thing everybody watched. Now the only people watching the Oscars are Fox viewers on Monday morning watching, yeah, watching other networks right. where the Oscars get most of their views from because it's other networks reacting to the political events that took place at the previous night's award show. And I think there's just more value in not speaking out on stuff like this only because you're not moving the needle anyway. Like we just saw in the last election, the entirety of Hollywood, the entirety of music, with the exception of Kid Rock and Ted Nugent, the entirety of music, the entirety of Hollywood was on Hillary Clinton's side. And every every pro athlete, the whole NBA, mm -hmm. and, and it didn't work anyway. 
you know? So it's almost like I think they should just shut up so we can have a place to go that we all still agree on is basically yeah. my argument. Um, yeah, no, I'm with you. Okay, fair. Uh, one other ho- ho- Hollywood argument while we have you on the phone. Uh, I really didn't mean to put your balls in a vice like this today. I'm like, your people are dumb. Uh, but anyway, uh, <laughs> says the community college graduate. Um, Martin Scorsese is mad at comic book movies. I don't know if you saw that email I sent you. Yeah, I read. Uh, yeah, so I've, I've read that article a few times. Yeah. Okay. So his basic argument is that comic book movies, uh, he said, are, are turning the movie theater into amusement parks. And that it's not like narrative storytelling so much as it is just, you know, goofy, you know, arrested development free-for-alls, and he doesn't like it? Is that what he was saying? Uh, what, he's say- what he's saying is that he has respect for what the people do, but the fact is it's turned into a money-making factory, like an mm. amusement park, okay. where these studios only want to take a chance and green light big comic book Marvel uh, but, movies and DC in movies because it's the biggest, right, because it's the biggest audience Right. And it's the biggest. But however, I I agree with him because I actually do feel that there's a market for other mainstream movies and you would bring more people to the theaters in another capacity and make more money Mm -hmm. because, see, they've stopped trying to work really hard to make good mainstream Mm -hmm. movies. Mm -hmm. Broad comedies they still do, but there are great mainstream movies. And I know this because there were other movies that were hits. Back in the day, Rain uh-huh. Man was a huge money-making hit. Yeah. Nowadays, that would never get made by a studio. Yeah, no one's making a movie about a guy caring for his autistic brother. Right? No, this, and this. it's funny, and it's dramatic, and it's a great, it's a great Hollywood uh, movie. But yeah. they don't, they don't make movies like that anymore. If you walked in with a script now, it'd be very hard to make that, even yeah. with stars. They're like, they're like. Uh, so this autistic guy, can he fly? Can he? Right. Uh, <laughs> well, what happened was, I'll tell you, I'll tell you this because studios have the power. Power to force feed good movies into the public. That's how Jaws mm-hmm. became the first blockbuster uh-huh. because it was the first time they put a movie in 3,500 theaters. Wow. See, no movie had been in that many theaters before. So that's the reason why Jaws was such a sensation. They force fed it, and it's a great movie. It's a yeah. great, great movie. Yeah. One of the best ever, great I soundtrack. think. But, but a great soundtrack. But it's it's because it was forced fed uh-huh. in in ever and on thirty five hundred screens. A movie had never seen that many screens at, at at one time. So that just tells me that if the studios wanted uh-huh. to to take their margin and increase it, they could mm-hmm. make a bunch of really 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 good scripts and movies for like twenty million dollars uh-huh. and put them in more on, on more screens and then make a huge profit. Yeah, you know. I, go ahead. Well, I was gonna say I definitely agree in the fact there's definitely a lack. Of original content. Oh they're, yeah, they're constantly either making remaking a reboot, things, or uh, reimagining, or they're, or they're doing things that are literally comic books or books already, yeah. and then putting in, you know, writing a screenplay, making it into a film, as opposed to coming up with something original, uh-huh. putting it out there for the masses to see. Like Dean was saying, they're they're, yeah. they're force feeding us a particular uh-huh. use stuff. Yeah. And one more one more quick point that uh-huh. I just wanted to make about this. I'll tell you why I think that it actually doesn't it doesn't make a lot of sense and he's right also because they make these movies too long. They they yeah. these superhero movies should not be 3 hours long. I'm sorry. That's silly. I know. If I'm a studio executive also it, it for the opening weekend you don't get as many as many runs on the theaters. Yeah, you're if true. You, had, you can't have as many you shows. You have a bigger opening weekend if you have, if you made the movie an hour and 50 minutes which which is all it should be. Yeah, I mean, it's less is more, number one. Number two, uh, I'll give you an example about that. And this is a Scorsese example. And we both love Scorsese. But I felt like The Wolf of Wall Street would have been a much better movie an hour shorter. I agree. There was so much value. In, there's so much value in jump cuts and letting the audience leap ahead in the story and trusting them to get that done. And yep. yeah, it's it's one of the things like, is, you know, we worked on, I, I know basic screenwriting fundamentals that I've learned from you just from working with you on little projects uh, that went, some of our films, they took about straight to video, Sean. We wrote scripts that went straight to waste paper basket. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. We used to have a goal when we were young is like, if we could just start getting our scripts thrown out by better people, it's not even <laughs> sell one. We just wanted to get, you know, that better class of muffin where you go to the meeting and they have that other muffin. Uh, yeah. And we never quite got there, but we're not done yet, Sean. Mm-hmm. Don't sleep on us. Um, But, but, but there was uh in the Wolf of Wall Street, there's a famous scene where um, Leonardo DiCaprio takes like some type of quaalude or something, and it's like a 12-minute scene where he's having a spasm on his way to his car, mm-hmm. and that scene would have been so much funnier in a jump cut, Dean, if he just took it and was like, what can go wrong? And then you oh, just jump cut away to him writhing on the ground, because right. it's more yep. blunt force trauma, you know, because- yeah. go ahead. I feel, no, I felt the second the, the last hour of that movie could have been 20 minutes, yes. almost. Yes, you want to know what the difference is? This is what Hollywood's doing wrong. 
Take movies aside for a minute. It's a lot of times when you tell someone a story, there's a difference of how you tell it in that sometimes you open with, hey, you never guess where I ran into today, Bob, and then you tell the story. It's a much more interesting for the listener if you just give them the blunt force than if you actually string them along for two hours and the only payoff is Bob. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're not nearly as interested. They're like, really? We just did 12 minutes of that for Bob? I know Bob. Yeah. He's not that interested, you know? So I think there's a there's a, there's there's something to be said for an economy uh, with words or, or, or with, uh, you know, the viewer's time, which is an interesting comment by me because we've just done a 23-minute interview about nothing. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I'm like you, you guys got to self-edit is what you got to do. It's right. a, you know, I've had it with this, with this run-on sentence. But, uh, but, I, but I do think as we sit here, and I know we got to wrap up soon, is that um, Hollywood is getting to this place that, that a lot of the country is getting to where there's kind of a, a reckoning going on, like a come-to-Jesus moment where people are realizing they've got to get back to what made them great. Like, I think The Irishman uh, is, if it's as good as you told me it was, is yeah. going to be a, a serious push in that direction because it's going to demonstrate on some level that there is a big appetite for those well, kind of movies. But it's a Netflix movie. Yeah, of see, course. See, it's, it's getting a theater. See, that movie is three and a half hours oh, because God. it's going on Netflix. Because it's going on Netflix. So they're treating it People like a series. Home. Yeah, they're treating yeah, it like a series. Yeah, because it's like a series, right? And I love it. It flew by. I loved The Irishman. I really did. I really loved it because I'm interested also in that subject and that uh -huh. time. Uh -huh. It was really, it, it was it was terrific. But it's meant to be seen at home because okay. it's a Netflix movie, even though I loved it on the big screen and mm -hmm. I recommend seeing it on the big screen. Mm -hmm. But But that's not, the, the, the movie is it, it's not looking to make it, it'll make it I actually think in it's uh, limited release it's going to make a ton of money uh -huh. but it's only being released for like you know a week or two weeks and uh, it's going in, 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 in how, November 1st yeah how is uh, the, I, I had read that they de-aged the actors is that distracting it, or works. Do you, it does work I think it works. I mean, you know, at first you notice it, but then after a while, I didn't even notice it anymore. I didn't even like mm -hmm. it's it's nothing. It's nothing more than if uh, um, you know an actor wears a little makeup, uh, but okay. it's a but it's as if it's it's a makeup job, and you go, oh yeah, it's a makeup job. And then you, it's so good that you don't even think about it anymore. Okay. It's, it's it, it totally didn't affect my my uh, experience. You, you get past it. All yeah, right, well, and I can speak for Tessa as well. Oh, come on. Tessa, who is on my the Friday episode of Everybody That's Calm right. Down this week. She's on a couples therapy episode That's of right. Everybody Calm Down. That's the one where we're allowed to drink when we're on the air. Because Friday we make, right. we make a Michter's cocktail, which nobody, when everybody, I, I tell people we drink on Friday, they're incredulous that we're not drinking the rest of the week. Because they listen yeah. to the show and they're just, I just assumed you guys were in togas <laughs> right, the whole time. Like, just, we only drink on Fridays. Yeah, <laughs> didn't I hear a guy burp in the microphone earlier? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, only Friday. Uh, so, so if the listeners of this fine program had one Netflix offering to consume, though, would you recommend The Irishman or Imposters? Huh? Huh? Well, I oh. have to recommend Imposters. You do that contractual you know, thing. My, yeah, yeah. It's I actually. I, well, it's not contractual. It's okay. just you know I something Smart I worked guy. on. It's that I mean, good. In the end, like, it's yeah. just that good. Mm -hmm. It's had nothing to do with it's the fact that, that he worked on it. Nope. It's just that good. Now Jenny liked That's it. Right. It's it is so funny that uh, you you wrote a show about con men. And I my, know, and my wife was so gripped by the whole thing, <laughs> very, very nostalgic. Right. You know, right? It was, it was, it was enough to make me want to get out my other two phones she doesn't know about and start making yeah. phone calls. <laughs> I'm kidding. Good stuff, man. Uh yo, we'll uh, we'll talk Friday. Uh, get your right, game great. face on. We're making. Uh, Jenny's making a Michter's cocktail. I can't speak to what it is. They sent over a glorious recipe, and I'm sure it's going to be wonderful because it always I is. I can't wait. Uh, but, yeah, let's do the damn thing. Uh, good luck out there. I'll talk to you soon, man. Uh, I'll talk to you. There you went, everybody. Bye. Dean Imperial. Right, so see exciting. You. See ya. Later, man. There right. he went. Dean Imperial. So much fun, Sean Barry. Um, really jumped on my homie. Actors are dumb. <laughs> I still think they're dumb. I just didn't want to put them in a bad spot. But you know what? You can't you can't do this show and not ask fair questions, not share honest opinions. I think the great Shane McGowan has a quote about actors saying that they're pretty boring to hang out with because they don't know how to be themselves ever. Yeah. That's why they want to hang out with musicians because yeah. musicians are a little more, you know, they're probably more introspective and understand who they are. They get to outlet yeah. their, their music, the thing that's coming in their, their so brain as opposed to... Hang out and play a guy, yeah. Yeah, being the, someone else. It makes, no, it makes total sense yeah. to me. Um, and I'm sure he knows nothing but brilliant actors, yeah. which is funny. I'm not covering from, but he, is always, he always told me when they were shooting like Impostors, like season two in like Vancouver, Mm -hmm. He was telling me how he's the dumbest guy there and he's self-conscious. But I was like, Dean, whoa, whoa, whoa. you're the dumbest guy everywhere. I'm like, what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> you're hanging out with me. It's not. <laughs> Neither one of us has a valedictorian speech in our future. Yeah. Uh, we're going to do some headlines when we come back and we will call it a day.
get serious in here. Like this one. Some breaking news. Serious production. Some breaking news headlines on Everybody Calm Down. Very cinematic today in honor of Dean Imperial. Couple things going on that we've got to get to before we call it a day. Remember they used to say it's Miller time? Uh, yes. Do they still have that patented? Because I would like to say it's Michter's time. Oh. It's always Michter's time. I mean, I feel like you can just say that. It's 6 a.m. somewhere, you know. <laughs> Did I say that wrong, Your Honor? <laughs> Don't ever. Words you should never say in court. It's 5 o'clock somewhere. Ever, ever, ever. Uh, a couple of quick headlines uh, in the world of news. Woo! Uh, study in the National Enquirer. Claims scientists have successfully tested a genital herpes vaccine in animals. How about that, Sean Barry? How do those animals get herpes? That's what I want to know. <laughs> I think we need to start talking to these scientists. <laughs> yeah, what's going on? Why was this necessary? <laughs> <laughs> I don't care what you found out. Yeah. I want to care what I care what motivated this study. <laughs> and it does say. That now that it's successfully tested on animals, they can test it on humans. Mm -hmm. I wonder why they want to test it on, you know what I'm talking about? (laughs) That's, uh, there's not a, I mean, I'm just saying there's not a lot of, you don't expect animals to catch human genital herpes. The herp. Inquirer. That's just how white folks will do you. Yeah, I don't know that they were white, President Obama, but I know this isn't a good look. It is not a good look. We move on. Uh, also in the news, a state of uh, survey shows the state of New Jersey woo, took in a record-breaking $445 million in legal sports betting during the month of September. Biggest month ever. Uh, sports betting revenue up. Casino revenue down about 3%. Uh, people are betting less you know, on the tables and stuff. But Jersey's getting a huge influx of sports betting because people are driving over to the George Washington Bridge to mm-hmm. bet. They're now taking in more money than Las Vegas. Um, you know, that's obviously not the only reason people go to Vegas. You know, they go to catch herpes that they'll give to an animal, right, apparently, yeah, yeah. at some point, according to the previous study. So desert lizard. Uh, so, oh, good gosh. Um, but, 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 uh, but New Jersey uh, is bringing in big schkadon. Mm-hmm. Now, the argument here, not even necessarily an argument, but the, uh, the campaign promise was we're going to bring in all this money. It's going to reinvest in infrastructure, you know, schools, bridges. Highways, stuff like that. It's gonna be great for the great for the state. I haven't seen any of that yet. Uh, <laughs> I was driving through Jersey yesterday. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they don't look flush with cash. Yeah. They don't. Uh, Still looks like Jersey. It's a nice enough place. Yeah, it's like the quality of the graffiti hasn't gotten any better. You know, there's not. I haven't seen the improvements yet. Is all I'm trying to say. But they claim uh, they're, they're bringing in, they're raking in the dough. So I don't know. I don't know why they don't legalize it everywhere. What's the big deal? They're worried people are gonna throw games and stuff. Uh, I think there's that that concern. I think the other concern is that gambling is not good. Mm. Now, listen, I work for a libertarian cable TV show that preaches personal responsibility and Mm self-reliance. So I don't want to take that freedom away from you because what we've learned is if you make it illegal, it still goes on. They just do it underground. Uh, So in that regard, legalized sports betting is actually safer because you've got to put the money up to make the bet. Right, right. You know, you can't, you're not going to get your legs broken because you owe a New Jersey casino money. You had to have that money. To yeah, you might get your legs broken because you were rooting against the, the Giants and the other guy had bet against, had bet on the Giants. You might get your legs broken for that. But you're not getting your legs broken from a bookie because this is regulated stuff where the money gets put up. So betting under the table, you would argue, is the more dangerous of the two. Right. Uh, same with like prostitution is a good example of that. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people like Kennedy who are in favor of legalizing or decriminalizing sex work because it uh, puts it out in the open where these girls will be a little bit safer. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's a moral stances to take, uh, but it does make me wish Elliot Spitzer was still in office, the New York governor who was pushing medicinal prostitution. I believe that was his big bill. He wanted to uh, you know, get the hookers. Uh, but 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 uh, with New Jersey, uh, you're going to take in the, the dough if you're going to crow about it. Somebody should be asking, OK, well, what are we doing with this? Right. You're bringing like, in billions of dollars. Just take five. Uh, or 50 mil and just do something. Just throw us something. Yeah. Can we get like a nice mural, like Come something on. on the highway, yeah. do something good, New Jersey? You know, maybe bump up the food at Wawa, <laughs> you know? It's only so many of those Wawa chicken sandwiches I can risk my life on when I'm doing comedy on the road. Let's speed up the service at Cracker Barrel. Speed already. up the, yeah, they do have a good Cracker Barrel in New Jersey. Oh, they got a bunch of them. Oh, God, I love Cracker you gotta Barrel. Wait. You got to wait a while. That's oh, what I'm saying. The crack, yeah, because they, you know, it's the, it's the peg game. 
Yeah. The peg game. You get rid of the peg game. Everybody <laughs> would order a lot quicker and we could get in and out of there. Yeah. But everybody has to find out if they're an ignoramus <laughs> instead of an ignoramus. And they're so like befuddled by what these definitions are because they've made them punny. Right. And it backs up dinner. I'm with you, Sean Barry. I want chicken dumplings, and I want them now, goddammit. I've got to get out there and buy a 13-foot sugar daddy like the decent parent that I am. We've got to drive to Ohio, and I want to make sure every one of Lincoln's teeth are infected by the time we get to the Delaware Water Gap. Step on the gas. Ooh, that's a nice, interesting one. Uh, Staten Island woman. Staten Island woman is making headlines today. All the local news channels did a report on this because she has a horse. (laughs) That is uh, living in her house. (laughs) She ties it up in the garage. (laughs) Rides it up and down the street. I had a... I love this woman. Someone said to me yesterday at Fox, uh, they're like, "Uh, what about the smell? I'm like, don't worry. They give the horse nose plugs. (laughs) (laughs) He'll be fine. He could survive Staten Island. He'll be okay. But she's riding around with a horse uh, in Staten Island. Which I think is fantastic. That is fantastic. I mean, I, I suppose there's probably a law that says you can't. Yeah, I don't know if that. this is going to last or how the area is zoned and stuff like right. that. But it's one of those, and people don't know this, but like Staten Island is like our tri state area is Florida. There's a lot of oddities there. It's a yeah. lot of like retired mobsters. Most of the Jersey Shore cast is from Staten Island. Mm-hmm. They got cast on that show, but they originate from Staten Island. Um, and they've just got a lot of goofy, quirky people that don't make as much mainstream news. They get away with it because it's just it's far enough from the city that nobody's out there. Mm-hmm. Like nobody's going out. The, the toll is like twenty three dollars. The Verrazano Bridge, and uh, they get away with a lot in Staten Island because there's a lot of ridiculous going on. But this story, I was looking at it today because it was on a lot of the aggregate sites. Um, this story is actually from like a month ago, oh. but people are just picking it up now. So mm-hmm. I'm saying, Staten, you can get away with riding a horse around in Staten Island and not worry about the news being like, whoa, 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 you know, for yeah, a month. Wait a minute. You did that in Queens. You did it in the Bronx. That would be an issue. Right. You did it in the Bronx. They'd probably shoot the horse, bring it to White Castle and sell it for good money, <laughs> oh you know. God. But, uh, you know, Staten Island, you got, you got cover is what I'm trying to say. Uh, British lawmakers said to be on the verge of signing a Brexit deal. This is what they've kind of burnt the country down over. Theresa May was forced out because she shouldn't make a deal. Mm-hmm. And uh, Boris Johnson, the guy who looks like Trump's stunt double with the yeah. wacky hair and all that jazz. <laughs> like that. He looks like a Monty Python character, <laughs> met a Benny Hill character. Right. They're the same. It's like it's both series are kind of blended into one. I agree. And uh, he is uh, on the verge of clinching a Brexit deal, which was the promise he made when he his party ousted Theresa May. Um But I want to say this because we do uh, bitch a lot in this country about the two-party system, and I do believe it's broken and terrible. Mm -hmm. But uh, don't think that going to five parties makes things happen any quicker. It actually makes just makes for longer debates, gridlock, and and, and grifting by by both all parties Mm -hmm. because they actually voted on Brexit uh, before the 2016 election. This the Brexit vote took place in the spring of 2016. They said, do it or don't do it. Do it. Oh, okay. But it's taken till right now. We still don't have a deal. I see. So having all these parties oh, just slows things down. Mm-hmm. And maybe the reason people favor that is they don't want the government doing as much in their lives, which is fine. But Brexit, uh, all but done. Uh, I think the only formality left at this point is somebody has to make um, a sexy Brexit Halloween costume. Because that's just, Ooh. that's the way it is now. It's coming. Would you wear it? Uh, no, because I'm a banana every year. Oh, that's right. Sean Perry. Let's <laughs> forget about that. Yeah. Proud of you, Sean Perry. Thank you. I was going to make a banana joke, and I didn't. All right. Not no, too late. I was like, no, we got another no, story, go so let's peel out. <laughs> uh, uh, I know. I was just, uh, I was, you know, I didn't want I just, you know, I, these people deserve better. I, I care about these viewers. Yeah, these listeners, anyway. I'm trying not to slip on your one-liners. I know. <laughs> See what I did? Oh, a banana <laughs> joke. You doubled up Sean Barry. Oh, my God. On fire today. It is a hot day on the show. Uh, new report. Claims Matt Lauer had an affair with a well-respected NBC star who signed a non-disclosure agreement and won't talk about it. Well, that's how that works. Poor Al Roker. (laughs) (laughs) That's why he lost all the weight. The guilt is killing him. (laughs) It's just killing Al. It's not good. He's sick with something. Uh, There's something going on. He's he's a good example of... um, not everybody looks better without the weight. Right. You know what I'm saying? That's a good point. He got the surgery, cut it off. Him and Al Sharpton are great examples of that. And I'm sure there are white examples too, so don't think I'm just signaling out them. But, you know. I got it. I know why. 
Why? It's the size of the head. Yeah, well, it's the size of the, the head. The size of the head worked better on the bigger body. Well, you it know, it looks we, really strange. Yes, you want to know why too? It's the size of your energy. Mm. The energy coming off of you. We all emit a certain amount of voltage when we walk around everywhere. And sometimes if you put that voltage on the wrong vessel, mm. it's like when you see somebody and their voice doesn't go with their appearance. Right. Like how many times, you know how many jokes have been told about Mike Tyson's voice? Right, exactly. He's like the, you know the most violent human being on the planet, and then you get that other thing going on. He sounds like Mr. Leonard from the Z Morning Zoo, you know. <laughs> and uh, you know, I think the energy doesn't jibe with the aesthetic, and I think that was the Al Roker thing too. So, so uh, you know, if you're out there right now thinking about losing the weight, I argue against it. I lost 100 pounds once post post high school, and I was 270 when I graduated high school. I got down to 170 for like a week. Mm. I wanted to see what I looked like with abs for like a, literally a week. I got to the mountaintop and immediately kicked a boulder to start an avalanche, but I saw what it looked like. I went to South Beach. There were all kinds of women. Nice. Not the kind I'm into, right. you know, sure. because uh, they weren't getting me. They weren't getting like my genuine, you know, jolly energy or whatever the hell it is I contribute to the world. You know, you're a little crankier. You've thrown off the chemical composition of your body because your body's used to, you know, behaving a certain way. Mm -hmm. It's like when people quit a drug or, or a cigarette, they get moody. Why? Because your body's not getting that thing it wants the same thing if you're a career fat guy al roker and you just cut your tummy off he's probably not enjoying himself as much as he should be right. i'm i want bring back fat albert how about that mm. we need more fat albert is what we need and 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 i'm not the only one who feels that way i'm hillary clinton and i approve this message thank you on the uh, the whole matt lauer thing though too mm -hmm. uh, for the longest time i i was convinced his name was mattel and then our why I don't have no idea. I'm an idiot, maybe. Well, there's no, there's I guess, no argument there. I'm I guess just I, saying. I guess when he would uh, introduce himself, his name wouldn't be on screen, so it was Matt Lauer. The, I don't know. It just seemed to go. You don't, as a thing about know. this show, you don't have to share every thought. Oh. You can sit on some of these. All right. That's a, that one's disturbed. I'll, I'll let that Matt go. <laughs> you, show, you peaked it. I'm a banana somehow. <laughs> I didn't know. Who thought if we could only go back to my terrible joke about the banana hey, peel? I can't be the only one. Yeah, you can't be. All right, Sean. I'm with you, buddy. Uh, one final story. Tiger Woods is releasing a memoir about his career in golf. It is called Back. Back. Mm. They probably shortened it from Baby Got Back. They're like, no, you can't. <laughs> Tiger, we don't want to highlight. It's not the kind of book, Tiger. Back in the puss. Oh, God. Sean Barry. What? funny. I don't know. <laughs> but do you want to read like... I'd read that book. Is there anything more boring <laughs> than golf book? About book? <laughs> golf wasn't boring yeah, enough. There it was on the 14th hole. <laughs> Come on, Tiger. <laughs> Even from Tiger Woods, the best golfer, you yeah. know, who knows, hands down Maybe ever. the best we ever saw. And he wrote a golf book. Golf book. Who's going to read? <laughs> no. I want to read his penthouse interview. Yeah. That's what I want to read. Book That's my closing golf. message today to Tiger Woods and to you, the listener. Be yourself. Yeah. I think Tiger Woods' problem is once he was outed as like a serial philanderer, you know, he went to sex rehab, which is, the you know, it's absurd. Seriously. It's absurd. Because sex rehab is just an effort to shift the blame for your actions onto somebody else. Uh, it's a disease, uh, yeah. you know. I, I don't doubt it's, that it's a tough thing to deal with. It's probably just cold showers and laxatives yeah. all day long. <laughs> like, what, what else What's can you really do? going yeah. on? How many Lena Dunham episodes can they really show you, you know? <laughs> but, uh, you know, Tiger Woods, uh, he didn't own who he was. He should have said. And we made this argument yesterday about LeBron James. He should have said, no, no I just want the money. Right. Yeah, I could yell at China. But you know what? Here's the difference between me, LeBron James, and you, Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy Fallon yells at China. He ain't losing a dime. Right. LeBron James yells at China. He's losing a few hundred million dollars. Mm -hmm. Ergo, I am not yelling at China. That I would support. Tiger Woods. I banged everything imagined. I would support that Tiger Woods. Right. I want him to be NWO Tiger Woods. You know how Hulk Hogan mm -hmm. put on the black and became like a, a heel? We need Tiger Woods as a heel. A guy who's listening to hip hop and banging every woman on the tour isn't a good golf character. That sounds straight out of like a, 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 a an Adam Sandler movie. Right. He could be a villain in an Adam Sandler movie. Caddyshack. We need that Tiger. Mm -hmm. Bring back that Tiger. You want to make America great again, Mr. President? Tell your friend Tiger Woods, your golfing buddy, we need to make Tiger philander again. We need to get him out there. I think the two of them need to hit the town. Oh, girl. What a fun time. We're hitting the town, Sean, because this one's over. Uh,. Tune into the Kennedy program tonight and every night, Monday to Thursday, uh, 9 p.m. on the Fox Business Network. We're playing a game tonight, Sean Barry, called Kennedy's Court. Uh, Dennis Rodman, the worm, is supposed to be on the show tomorrow. He's oh, cool. a good friend of K-Train. I'd like to see him. We can 
we can trade boas and see who wore it better. <laughs> he and I. Uh, and in the immortal words uh, that we espouse to all of our, our children, uh, never do business with a guy whose last name is a city. Mm-hmm. Never go near a woman with a tattoo of a dagger on her body. Right. And never shoot pool with a guy who brings his own table. And calm down. Everything's going to be fine. You live in the greatest city in the world. The greatest, uh, well, not city. I, don't, I can't vouch for your city because if you're in New York, it sucks. Thanks, de Blasio. <laughs> but you're in the best country. Thanks for listening. Calm down. Go home to mommy. Go home. Bye. Go home to mommy. Go home to mommy.